This radio show is prepared by Brent and Scott Polis, who are registered portfolio managers with Hollis Wealth, a division of Industrial Alliance Securities, Inc. This radio show is not an official program of Hollis Wealth. The views, including any recommendations expressed during this show, are those of Brent and Scott Polis alone and are not endorsed or approved by Hollis Wealth or Industrial Alliance Securities, Inc. Hollis Wealth is a registered trademark of Industrial Alliance Securities, Inc. Hollis Wealth is a division of Industrial Alliance Securities, Inc., a member of Canadian Investor Protection Fund, CIPF, and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. And now, the Investment Strategy Show, a special financial broadcast on TSN 1260. Good morning, and welcome to the Investment Strategy Show for August 26th. I'm your host, Adam Pfizer. This is our final show, as in our final show ever. Brent Bullis started this show over 25 years ago, and I'm very proud to be finishing up this week. So for the final show, we decided we would go with sort of a timeless feel, some ideas we've had over the years that we really think you can take forward and then can be applied to any point in your investment career. With that in mind, uh, segment one today, we're going to talk about bubbles and some manias, how to tell if you're in one, how to maybe take advantage of it, but mainly how to make sure you don't get burned by them. In segment two this week, we're going to look at some behavior models. I have a strong economics background and Scott and Brent aren't in the studio this week, which means I can talk about what I want and I'm going to talk about behavior models and economics. It's not as boring as you think. I'm not going to need a whiteboard to explain it to you. And I really think you could benefit from understanding some of the behaviors people have, all people have, that really influences their investing. And finally, segment three, we're going to talk about the importance of planning and some of the tried and tested management styles that Brent's really experienced over his career, things you can take with you that you know no matter what conditions the market's in, it's important to remember. So let's start segment one. So bubbles really have been around for a very long time. The first truly recorded instance of a market bubble occurred in for the Dutch people in December 1636 until February 1637. This is a rather famous tulip mania. Over those three months, the price of your normal tulip bulb went from one Dutch kroner all the way up to 250 Dutch kroner. Now, it's probably important to have a little bit of context here because it doesn't sound like $250 is a lot of money. But at the height of the mania in February 1637, people were trading acres and acres of land as well as manor houses on said land in exchange for a single tulip bulb. That's how valuable they were seen. And that's what was perceived to be going to continue. Many of the people who were trading in their family estates for one tulip bulb thought that in two months, they'd turn around trade the same tulip bulb for twice the land in a much bigger manor house. And so the mania continues. And when you're in a bubble, it's hard to see that you are in one. Things are different. The product is shiny and new, and it's going to continue going up forever because it only takes one person more than you, the greater fool, as they say, who's willing to buy again. And the tulip mania was certainly not the last event like this. We saw the Nifty 50 in the 1970s. Portfolio insurance created a huge bubble in the 1980s. Everything tech in the 1990s, the big commodities boom of the early 2000s, and now in the 2010s, we really have what we call the disruptive bubble. Any industry that's going to disrupt a current industry is seen as something you have to invest in, whether that's Uber or Amazon. Anything that's disruptive is now got the name, got the momentum, and it's going to keep going up forever. In Canada specifically, we have some great examples in our own market, uh, just recently even. Uh, of course, there's uh, Briex Gold, Nortel, Valiant Pharmaceuticals, mix in some BlackBerry, and even in Canada at one point, all of these companies have suffered at least a 90% decline in their market value at some time, and all of them at the time of the peak was the number one market cap stock on the TSX. 
So take Valiant Pharmaceuticals, which at one point was all the way up to $320 a share, and again was the heaviest weighted market cap on the whole TSX. That stock meant more to the TSX than any other company. It went all the way down to $12. This is the kind of thing that people get caught up in. The write-up is amazing. People love it. It's the kind of once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. This is a key buzzword whenever you're talking about bubbles. Whenever you hear the term once-in-a-lifetime, you know you're probably looking at a bubble because nothing is once-in-a-lifetime. The other major sentence to pay attention to, things are different this time. We've said it before on the show, whenever an analyst, a market watcher says things are different, they are not different. This is just another bubble forming in another company name. I don't know how long it'll go up, nobody does, but it will be very painful when that bubble pops and it comes back down. So the important thing to remember is bubbles can make you money. There is no doubt that lots of people got rich off Nortel or Blackberry or Valiant. If you bought in early enough, you could have tripled, quadrupled, quintupled your money. Heck, if you were in Bitcoin in the year 2017, if you had bought on January 1st and sold on December 31st, the price of a Bitcoin went from 100 bucks to over 19,000. So yes, you made a lot of money, certainly more money than you made with us, the investment strategies team, because you made 19 times your money. Unfortunately, of course, since then, the value of Bitcoin has plummeted and you've now lost 70% of your money. Now, for people who bought in, like I said, on January 1st, 2017, they're still up a lot. And they may be sitting there going, I don't really care that I've lost 70%. I'm up a huge amount. But the majority of investors, of course, get in at the end. They get in at a price that is much higher than where they get out. And this is the problem. You always catch the mania near the end when everyone starts talking about it. And it always seems like it's going to go on forever because the truth is, is whether it's Bitcoin, marijuana stocks, or the the tech boom of the late 90s, no one actually talks to you when they lose money. The guy in the lunchroom who earlier in the year was constantly talking about the small marijuana company he put all of his life savings into and every day was telling you how he was up 10%, he is suddenly very quiet. Nobody likes to admit that they're actually losing. So keep this in mind. A good indication that a bubble is starting to turn, that people are starting to lose money, you don't need to watch financial news. You just need to pay attention to the gossip. And when the gossip turns away from that particular asset, it's a very strong indication that that asset is now going down. So... If you identify a bubble, if you identify it early enough, the key is to put in the amount of money you are willing to lose. That's right, it's the old casino adage. A lot of these things will continue to go up, but you might be getting in near the top and you gotta be comfortable losing a significant amount of your investment. So don't put a significant amount of your life savings in, put a small amount that you're willing to speculate with. Make sure you set a price that you will sell both on the top and the bottom. If you're happy, 20%, once you're up 20%, do not get talked into holding on to it. Sell at that point and be very happy you made your money. Similarly, if the product drops 20%, sell out there, lose 20%, and admit that the funds could be better reinvested somewhere else, that you got in late and there's probably something else to be doing with it. And again, the original amount is the speculation amount in your portfolio. It's not an amount you're really counting on for the future. It's the amount you're looking to try and drive some alpha and really produce a high-risk return that's your bubble money. So bubbles always pop. Whether it's the 70s, 80s, 90s, or 2000s, or all the way back in 1636, these things always end. And the current bubble. As of Friday, we hit an all-time high on the S&P and NASDAQ. It too will pop, and it will be very painful. Make sure you have a strategy in place for knowing when you're going to get out, how much you want to make, and how to protect your life savings. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to talk about why those losses hurt so much. We're going to be going into some behavioral economics and talking about some behavioral models going forward. Talk to you after the break. You're listening to the Investment Strategy Show with Brent and Scott Bullis, a special financial broadcast on TSN 1260. We'll get right back to it after this. 
The Lowdown with Low Tide. Eric Williams from ESPN. How much better or worse is this team going to be? Do you have a feeling like this is the year they push a little more? In talking to Phillip this week, he says this is the best team he's been on since 2009. And I think the fact that you don't have Hunter Henry or Antonio Gates on this roster, having a healthy Mike Williams should make it easy for them. The Lowdown with Low Tide. Weekdays from 10 till noon. Brought to you by Western GMC Buick on Edmonton Sports Leader. TSN 1260. Mobile Stations Canada, launch commercial, take one. Mobile Stations are coming! Actually, Mobile Stations are already here. To Canada. Got it. With Synergy by the Tankful. That's Synergy Gasoline. It's engineered to help improve fuel economy. Score points. Go team! Actually, you can earn PC Optimum points. Find a station at Mobile Fuel Car. That's mobilefuel.ca. Ah, thank you. No, thank you. Visit a new Mobile Canada station near you. Synergy Fuel. PC Optimum points. Good fueling. Fuel economy improvements are compared with gasoline meeting minimum government detergency standards. Actual results will vary. Conditions apply. Visit so.ca for details. The Nissan Clearout event is on now. With the 2019s on the way, we're clearing out all 2018 models. Get peace of mind with Nissan Technologies, like intelligent emergency braking that can help apply the brakes for you. And now, during the Nissan Clearout event, finance a rogue at 0% for 60 months or get up to 3500 standard rate finance cash. But hurry, the Nissan Clearout event ends August 31st. Visit choosenissan.ca or your Nissan dealer. Conditions apply. How Bell makes getting the latest and greatest better. Getting a deal on a new smartphone is pretty awesome. But when you get a great deal on Canada's best network, that's like awesome to the power of 100. Right now, Bell is offering must-have phones starting at $0 on select two-year plans. Plus, get two gigabytes of bonus data. (laughs) That's awesome. Must-have phones on a must-have network. It's the Bell Back to School event. Visit a Bell store or bell.ca slash must-have phones for details. Additional charges apply. Bell, getting a new phone just got better. Welcome back to the Investment Strategy Show, a special financial broadcast on TSN 1260. Here's your financial coaches, Brent and Scott Bullis. And welcome back to the Investment Strategy Show for this August 26th. I'm Adam Pfizer. And as we talked about in segment one, bubbles are a truth. They're going to be around for a while. You can definitely make some money in them, but you got to try and prevent losses. And the big reason why you got to prevent losses is what we're going to talk about here in segment two, and that is behavior economics, specifically prospect theory. Prospect theory was developed in the late 1970s and proven throughout the next 20 years by Daniel Kahneman. He's a Nobel laureate in economics, and prospect theory at its heart is pretty basic. He essentially says that for human beings, losses hurt twice as much as gains. Now, this sounds really simple, and a lot of people have heard this before, and certainly advisors in our industry are aware that people hate losing money, but it's important to grasp how important this is. Essentially, if you go to a client and you say there's a 50% chance you make 10% and a 50% chance you'll lose 8%, rationally, the person knows they should take that wager, that they're going to make more money in the long run doing over and over that particular, uh, that particular game. Of course, they won't. Most people expect the return on the gain to be at least twice as much as the loss before they're even willing to invest. So whenever markets look a little risky, whenever things get a little toppy, naturally investors get very nervous because they realize that the chance for losses has increased, the degree to which they might lose money has gone up. And this is why they don't want to invest near the bottom or after a market drop because they're very fearful. They've just been reminded that markets do go down. Prospect theory leads directly to the next economic concept, which is utility theory. The importance of utility theory is that to make an investor happy, it's not enough to just make them money. There are three standard branches of utility theory that must be addressed. 
So the first is expectations. Investors have to have realistic expectations, and it's up to us as advisors to really make sure we work with our, our, our clients to set those up. You cannot allow an investor to think they're going to make, say, 12% a year every single year of their life. We just know that that's going to take a huge amount of risk, and it's not going to be steady like that. There's no way you're going to get 12% each and every year. Even if you could average 12%, which would be a great return, you would be taking massive amounts of risk, which the investor would probably not be okay with. So set the expectation. Make it clear to the investor what they can get. And the reason for that is because if you can surpass or meet expectations, investors are quite happy. The second branch utility theory tells us that progress is very important to people. Not just in money terms, but in terms of all life, we've seen this. You want to feel like you're moving forward. Things are getting better. You're moving towards a goal. And the problem when you lose money, of course, is that expectation isn't met, but also that progress is declining. We now feel like we lost a year or two years. We feel like we're not getting anywhere, that we're putting money in and we're just spinning our wheels. These are all things I've heard clients talk about. And that's why it's so important not to lose money. Making a little bit of money, but taking care to make sure that it's a consistent amount is far, far more important to clients than making a lot of money one year and then losing money the next year. Even if making a lot of money one year and losing the next year results at the end of two years of having more money, clients would rather see their accounts go up 4%, another 4%, then go up 15%, followed by a 8% decline. Even again, they have more money after the 15 and the 8, they're not going to be happy with it. And then the final branch utility theory really is about our peer group. We are comparison, comparing people by nature. We like to look around and think about what is everyone else getting. Now, this takes two forms. There's the amount of money you have versus the amount of money you think all your friends and family have, whatever you consider your peer group. And so it's important to talk with clients about what they're, what that is. Do they think that it's okay to be spending 100 grand a year, 50 grand a year? Is it okay for them to only be saving $500 a month because that's more than what their peers do? And then the second thing to talk about with anyone is what the return expectation within a peer group can actually be. You'll always get a couple people whose advisor picks a really great fund, Maybe he takes a lot of risk in emerging markets at a good time, puts you into marijuana stocks at the start of 2017. Whatever the case might be, they're going to be at the party talking about how great their advisor has done for them and how much money they've made. By comparison, you feel worse. But it's important to make it clear to everyone that if you're with the investment strategies team, as an example, and we have consistently outperformed the markets after fees for the last eight, nine years, and we have verified results to prove that, the average return of your friends and family is the market minus fees. So if you're beating the market after fees with us, even if there's a couple of people who like to talk at the party about how great the one year they've had is, it's highly likely that over the longer term, you're doing just fine. You're either equal or in many cases ahead of them. Again, most people get the market, which is about a little under 7%, minus fees, which is about 2 to 2.5%. So they're only going to get 4.5%, and that's just the equity side. Fixed income is even worse. Fixed income, you're getting 4 Then you take the fees off again. So maybe 3 maybe 2.5%. You mix them together to see what kind of asset allocation you have, and that's what everyone's getting. The average investor always gets market minus fees. So that's utility theory. A few other things really that economics tells us. You have to try to avoid paying for certainty. As humans, we like certainty. It's something that's really comforting about it. And this is why the insurance industry is actually so profitable. It turns out that if I can increase the probability of an event from 80% to 90%, and this event is favorable to you, you'll pay a little bit of money for that. But if I can increase that same event probability from 90 to 100, you'll pay a lot more money for it. In other words, if their chances of winning 10 grand can go from 8 out of 10 to 9 out of 10, you'll pay some money for that. But if your chances of winning 10 grand go from 90% to 100%, you'll pay a huge amount of money for it. 
you're actually pay up to just under $10,000 because obviously you're guaranteed to win. And this is the problem. Insurance companies use this a lot to get you to pay high premiums because it's a guarantee that if you die, you get this money. But in actuality, you're way overpaying, overpaying for that certainty. GICs operate the same way. They're offering a below market interest rate, really declining returns, and that's going to really affect your long-term expectations. So do not overpay for certainty. Understand that you have to be comfortable with risk, but you don't have to take a lot of it. But even a little bit of risk can result in a much longer term and much better longer term return. And understanding that risk is vital because the one thing we worry about the most at the Austin Strategy Team with all of our clients who are approaching or in retirement is what's known as shortfall risk. Shortfall risk is just a fancy way of saying that you outlive your money. It is really hard to catch up later once you've gotten older and you cannot necessarily go back to work. Reducing your lifestyle is very hard or if you're simply running out of money. It's what scares a lot of people when they think about it, which is why a lot of people don't think about it. So make sure your advisor and you've had a conversation about how much of a cushion you have. What is the likelihood of shortfall risk? And finally, that you understand that it's nothing is guaranteed in investing, but that's okay because when you take out the certainty, you actually are getting compensated for that risk. The risk premium in the market exists and it's something you can manage. And then finally, make sure your advisor is willing to take the time to explain all this to you, to really go through prospect theory, utility theory, and certainty principles. Because when you get educated, and I don't mean an expert level of education, but I do mean educated enough that you can actually be informed about your investments, that's what actually allows you to evaluate your advisor and to think about how your relationship is developing. How is he really doing for you? Because if you're completely not educated, you are just ignorant to what should actually be happening within your relationship. And it's important we not be ignorant of it. It's important we embrace it, which is not easy for a lot of people. A lot of people like the idea of just handing their money over to someone who says they can manage it for them and they don't have to worry. The problem is, is this is what sets up your hero, victim, villain triangle. The advisor shows up, he's wearing his superhero costume. He says, don't worry about this at all. Don't think about it. Just turn over your money every month, the lump sum you have now, and I'll look after it. He is your hero. He has saved you from having to deal with this and you didn't want to think about it and you didn't want to deal with it. That's fine for a time, but naturally your superhero lets you down and they will. They will not be able to follow through on this don't worry about it promise. And when things get hairy, when the market starts going down and they don't sell, when they put you into a real volatile stock and your account seems to be going up and down every month like crazy, you're going to call and suddenly blame them for a lot, which you should because you have now turned them into a villain. They're the ones causing all the stress in your life. They're the ones using this inappropriate investing style for what you really wanted. And to be clear, this is why the advisor does it is because he wants to be seen as a hero. He doesn't want to be bothered having to educate you, but insisting that you're educated, participating with your money, gives you a better relationship with it, takes away a lot of the uncertainty because it takes away a lot of the unknown. So don't set up the hero victim villain triangle. Make sure an advisor is willing to work with you, willing to educate you so you can evaluate how they're doing on an ongoing basis. Coming up after the break, we'll move into segment three which is all about the importance of planning and some of the tried and tested management styles that we and the investment strategies team think you can use in the future, regardless of market outcomes. You're listening to the Investment Strategy Show with Brent and Scott Bullis, a special financial broadcast on TSN 1260. We'll get right back to it after this. TSN 1260 has sent you to some of the biggest sporting events in some of the coolest places on earth with our ultimate sports trips. 
This time around, we're giving you the role of TSN 1260 Scandinavian Scout as Edmonton takes on New Jersey and Sweden. But it's just a fancy title we made up. You won't have any power to make any actual roster moves. When you hear the cue to call, be caller 10 at 444-1260 to qualify to win the ultimate sports trip for two to Sweden to see McDavid versus Hall in their season opener. You'll get flights to see amazing sights throughout Denmark and Sweden. And finally, land at Scandinavian Stadium to see the most amazing sight of all, hockey in a foreign country where language barriers don't exist because everyone just screams their face off the ultimate sports trip of a lifetime number 19 hockey in sweden powered by azercan.net and edmonton's ultimate sports leader tsn 1260 want to hook up uh get your mind and truck out of the gutter it's still hitch season and the truck outfitters wants to hook you up with trailer and fifth wheel hitches gooseneck hitches, towing accessories, and more. So whether you want to soak it all in on your boat, enjoy the final camping weekends in your trailer, or pedal away the rest of the season, the Truck Outfitters can hook you up with a perfect hitch. 107th Ave North, Gateway Boulevard South, and 91st Street and 58th Ave East. TheTruckOutfitters.com An important message from Canadian Blood Services. A common reason why people don't donate blood is that nobody asked. So right now, we're asking for you to donate blood immediately. There is an urgent need for donors. There's a 50% chance you or someone you know will need blood at some point in your life. Book an appointment today by calling one 2 donate Canadian Blood Services. It's in you to give. The need for blood donors is urgent. Book your appointment today at blood.ca. Welcome back to the Investment Strategy Show, a special financial broadcast on TSN 1260. Here's your financial coaches, Brent and Scott Bullis. And welcome back to the Investment Strategy Show for August 26th, our final show, and this is our final segment. Well... So if you're going to try and avoid the bubbles and if you do play in them, you understand the rules now. And if you kind of recognize your behavior models and get that investing isn't so much about gross return, it's about risk adjusted return. The question is, is how does that play into the long-term trend? What are you actually looking for from an investment strategy? Well, the first thing to understand is that you should not be paying an advisor for hot stock tips or great sector plays. You should be paying an advisor for his ability to manage your money in a responsible way. This involves planning with you, making sure you understand how much money your kids will have for school, whether it's enough or not, making sure you understand how retirement looks, whether that's good or bad, making sure you understand what it's like if you retire five years earlier or five years later so you can make the best decision for you. That's what you're paying your advisor for, not to make sure you get into a bubble and hopefully out in the right amount of time. And in order to do that, the one thing I've seen constantly from clients that have come over from other firms, from other areas, Make sure your advisor has the experience and education you need to meet those goals. When you ask about experience and education, there's a few things you should dig on. So first of all, what are the educational credentials the advisor has? When did he get them? There are several advisors in our industry that have been here a long time, and actually their education is fairly out of date. I'm always stunned by how many people are still invested only in mutual funds, simply because the, the advisor they were with doesn't really understand ETFs, doesn't like ETFs, and didn't want to use ETFs. They're a great tool that offers really cheap diversification, and they should be a part of pretty much everybody's portfolio at this point. So if you're not using them, you should be asking your advisor why, and you probably should be checking when was the last time you talked about a course dealing with the market. 
And finally, and I can't emphasize this enough, please ask your advisor what kind of grades they got on their courses. In our industry, passing the course is not that hard. Getting a good grade on the course is. If your advisor is getting 61% of a course that is needed in order to trade on your account, ask yourself if you're comfortable that he didn't know 39% of 39% of the information. I personally wouldn't be. I would not saying everyone needs to get 100% on the test. I certainly didn't get 100% on the test. But I certainly would want more than the bare minimum passing grade. So once you've analyzed that, move on to experience and ask the advisor, what is he doing different today than when he started in the industry? This should be a pretty long list. The market has evolved. There's been a lot of innovation. I mentioned ETFs earlier, but also things like understanding how a covered call strategy could work to increase income for older clients. Understanding that we have access to far more markets than just Canada. What is your home bias now? Have you actually moved past that? It was once said the problem advisors always have is that they say they have 10 years experience when what they actually have is a one-year loop they've run 10 times. The experience really hasn't contributed anything. They're not getting better. They're doing the same things over and over again. So ask, what have you changed? What have you learned? What have you moved up with? Once you have that in place, get an understanding of what the plan is from the start of your relationship for how you get to where you are to where you want to be. Is the plan to take a lot of risk because you're going to need it in order to get the savings you need? Is the plan for you to put money away every month in a responsible fashion so that you can meet that part of the goal while your advisor manages your money responsibly? And then make sure that you're not trying to take a bunch of shortcuts. Make sure your advisor is using the Financial Planning Standards Council of Canada guidelines when he's planning because the FPSC are the experts. Anyone who comes out and says they're going to make you way more money than the guidelines, ask how they're doing that. Because if that's close to the average, sure, you might be a little better, but are you really going to be substantially better than what the professionals say is going to take place in the markets over the next 20, 30 years? It's highly unlikely. Make sure your advisor has buy discipline. Make sure he's not just following his gut because that is really bad. Uh, Advisors typically have a familiarity bias. They buy the same companies over and over again. Advisors often confuse a good company for a good stock. They are not the same thing. On the flip side, make sure you understand your advisor's sell discipline. Does he mean to hold no matter what, or is there a pain point? After 10% he sells, 20% he sells. If he does have a pain point, are you comfortable with it? And also, make sure he follows through. A lot of advisors will tell you that they do have a pain point and they never lose more than X percentage. When that happens and they keep holding the stock for you, mutual fund or ETF, call them on it. Ask them why you're still holding that and why they're not following their process. A process is so vitally important in this. Ask if you're paying active fees for a buy and hold approach. If it's active fees, that's fine. You can get planning out of it. You can get a lot of advice and you get an advisor who's going to try and avoid major drops for you. Those are all good things. It's things we believe in at the Investment Strategy Show. But if it turns out all you're paying for is for a an individual to buy some mutual funds for you and he's going to charge you the same amount as an active advisor, that's really terrible. You can probably buy the funds yourself on a self-directed account, hold them all the way through, and as long as you're willing to always hold, you should be okay. Make sure you're getting true diversification. True diversification is not just all six of the Canadian banks. It's companies in different sectors, in different countries, across different geographies, but mainly companies that are not exposed to the same risk. So for example, utilities and real estate investment trusts both suffer when interest rates go up. So you're not really diversified if you have a pipeline company and REIT stock. They're actually going to suffer from the same macro event. So make sure your portfolio is not too exposed to any one macro event. Make sure those risks are balanced so that you can participate in the good parts of the market no matter what the macro climate might be. And finally, you do want lower costs for your money. We all want a good deal but you probably don't want the lowest cost provider. Really think about this. This is your lifetime of savings. 
This is your child's nest egg for college. Do you really want to turn that over to the person willing to do it the cheapest? There are times in life when there's not a lot of difference between the cheapest and most expensive item. I can assure you I have found that in the financial world, this is not the case. The people offering the cheapest alternative are the ones who are hoping that you will do most of the work, are the ones that are not going to do any work for you, and are the ones who know that the reason you're here is for the cheap option, and it's the easiest way to sell it. Look for the best value. Work for, look for lower cost, but with a level of advice you're comfortable with, someone who's really going to guide you through the process and make a true partnership for you. So, as we talked about today, we'll look out for the bubbles. They're great on the upside, they're bad on the downside. Set specific rules if you're getting into it, and be comfortable losing all your money if that's what ends up happening. Only gamble with the money you can lose. Make sure you recognize your behavior. Prospect theory tells us that the losses are going to hurt twice as much as the gains. So make sure when you're investing, when you're going into the market, you expect to get gains that are at least twice as much as your losses. Otherwise, you're going to be really bitter and not very happy with your experience. Follow utility theory. Set reasonable expectations. Make sure your money is growing every year, even if just a small amount, because that progress will keep you interested. It'll keep you motivated to keep going. And make sure you're having a good comparison. Don't compare yourself to the best. Don't compare yourself to people who are bragging on Facebook. Compare yourself to what most people get. And then finally, make sure you're with an advisor who has the education experience you need to do the planning that can help you get to your goals. A strong buy discipline, sell discipline, someone who's charging for what they truly do for you, not just because they claim they can make you a bunch of money. This is Adam Pfizer for the Investment Strategies team. I hope you have a lovely weekend. I know we've had a great time doing the show for the last 25 years. I hope you've had a good time listening. And we look forward to seeing you at our offices whenever you feel like it. This radio show is prepared by Brent and Scott Bullis, who are registered portfolio managers with Hollis Wealth, a division of Industrial Alliance Securities, Inc. This radio show is not an official program of Hollis Wealth. The views, including any recommendations expressed during this show, are those of Brent and Scott Bullis alone and are not endorsed or approved by Hollis Wealth or Industrial Alliance Securities, Inc. Hollis Wealth is a registered trademark of Industrial Alliance Securities, Inc. Hollis Wealth is a division of Industrial Alliance Securities, Inc., a member of Canadian and Investor Protection Fund, CIPF, and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Brent and Scott Bullis have been your host of the Investment Strategy Show. Join them again next Sunday morning at 8. The Investment Strategy Show is a paid commercial broadcast and does not necessarily reflect the views of TSN 1260 or Bell Media.